Welcome to the Score and I podcast, where we bring you the best Irish league discussion each week. To find out about future shows, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the Score and I. Now it's time for this week's program. So great to have you here, guys. Uh, let's say it. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, right back at you, it's, Michael. It's yep. right round the corner. Um, uh, Colin, last week when we spoke, you hadn't got your shopping done update time. You're quite correct. I have not got my shopping done. You sent me a nice reminder to say that deliveries were not coming in within 24 hours as they should be. But I went out and bought it next stock, so I'm happy. You're sorted? I'm sorted. Okay, because I thought maybe Mark McIntosh had been listening to the programme, because as soon as we were talking about it on air, all of a sudden he went on with a sort of a rant about a problem with a purchase he had. Saw another journalist pal doing the same, and I thought, see, you're welcome, lads, because fellas are generally useless. Well, that's correct, but uh, in my case, it's not buying a Christmas present. It's buying peace on earth over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, uh, needs needs must. Uh, Michael, we'll get you in trouble right from the off. Are you sorted for Christmas, or are you still a bit to do? No, I have the two most important people sorted, which is, is my two kids, and the rest, they can still wait. There's plenty of time yet. <laughs> what what um, age are your kids, Michael? Uh, seven months and three. have uh, two, yeah, two daughters. So three-year-old, so all excited. Yes, she she um she's Santa this, Santa that, and Brilliant. Santa's coming down the chimney and <laughs> Great yeah stuff. she's she's all she's all excited and I caught her actually um the other the other morning um the presents had been moved about underneath the tree okay. she was in Hogan and, and there's, <laughs> there's presents with with two labels on it now she thinks they're all hers but. No, sadly, <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> Magic of the season. Yeah, yeah. I think the the one uh, with us growing up always with me and my brother was trying to nab the chocolates off the tree before my mum sort of spied that there were things missing. <laughs> See that ahead of you. Yeah, oh, this is this, this, oh, she's chocolates her her favorite thing. I'm always shouting at her, you know, no more. So she's it's maybe she's a, a sweet tooth, I would say. And uh, the the seven month old, are you getting much sleep there? I'm thinking uh, with this yeah. busy festive period, are you in a spare room or what's going on? No, no, it's it's I actually she's actually Annabelle. She's um, a very good sleeper, um, so she's getting it pretty handy, handy that way when, when when she's staying, you know. So I count myself lucky in that way, you know, because sleep before a game is is crucial. So. Um, I have her well well warned just to sleep <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, parents right away listen to this just feeling envious well behaved seven month olds that not everybody's experienced so fair play um, since joining Crusaders um, this is your, your second season with the club now um, last season certainly a very successful one uh, we'll talk about this campaign in a moment could you have imagined it going as well as it did for you last year um, winning winning um, two trophies in your first season and playing um, a respectable amount of games um, coming from a team that was maybe in odds uh, in the lower side of the table to a team that's been challenging winning trophies for the last f- seven, eight years con- on a consistent basis um, so yeah I was pretty content and happy with how, with how it went Uh Maybe get off a bit of the a slow start, but I was maybe finding my way in the new club and getting settled, and then finding you know different style of playing, different ways of playing, different players, just just learning what way they want me to play and um, learning you know with new teammates, you know and um, just just not settling into the club as a whole was 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 key and I think maybe by you sort of late November, you know, early December, I'd sort of start to make my mark in the team and 
sort of earn that trust of the manager and players around me. I felt, and that's when I felt more comfortable and confident. And I think um, I sort of kicked on in the back end of last season. What's that like uh, making that change? Because obviously I know that uh, when you were younger you had been at Crusaders before. When you had that opportunity to go back, was there any doubt in your mind, or was that was there a point to prove there? And there, there, there was always maybe a wee point to prove, as if like say it was a mistake and maybe let me go at that stage. But um, I'm actually glad that they did because I went, uh, I left Crusaders and went straight to um, Ballymena. Um, and I, I played I played in the the Ford Cup for their youth team that year. Um, I went had a good Ford Cup with them. I went sh- straight into um pre season with the first team. So I sort of skipped out the reserves straight to the first team. Um, a couple of pre season friendlies done really well. And I think the left back at that time was Ross Black, and he was actually suspended for the first game of the season which was um against Limfield who they they were just the previous champions they had won and um played that game we went 2-0 um another young lad who who came through at the same time Jamie Davison he had scored two that day um but it was Spike gave me a, a, spe- a special mention on the radio after to say you know it looked like I had played there for years and it had done really well you know so that was that was a big that was a big um big moment in in building or sorry starting my Irish League career off and great uh, faith shown by Glenn Ferguson to after a good foil cup to to bring you right into that setup because it's always a, it's always a risk with a young player bringing them straight in yeah it was it was I owe I owe a lot to him because he, he he was the one that necessarily gave me give me my chance give me you know that chance to go and establish myself and um, make a claim for you know being in the first team squad um, but I had, I had a very good first year there I actually played more games than I probably should have at, at, at my age I think I, I just turned 18 and I, I played um, nearly a, f- a full season there so it was um, I was going to talk about the first season at Crusaders but let's let's talk about this now since we're bringing it up uh, what was Glenn Ferguson uh, like as a manager because we all have memories of him on the pitch as just an absolutely dominant force what's he like in a dressing room? Yeah, even on the training pitch, he was still, he was still, he was still like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was. You he, he, when he joined in the times, you could just, you could just see um, why he was such a prolific goal scorer and why he was at the highest level. He was uh, even. I don't even. I'm not too sure what age he was then, but he, when he joined in, he, he was still quality. So, so he's giving you all a hard time. You're trying to mark him, and you're sort of thinking, "I can't kick the boss," but also it's kind of hard to kick him. No, you, when he went up against you, he, he just you you couldn't get near him. He put his arm out, and you just around his frame. You just couldn't get you couldn't get near him. Yeah, so it was. Oh, it's. I remember watching. I can't even remember who it was against. But a ball. I mean, a game where the ball went high up into the air and out over the touchline. And he had his brogues on. He'd, you know, he had a nice suit on his ball. I mean, a tie. And he brought the ball down first time in his good shoes. And I thought, you know, all the all all our mates who sort of, oh, the, it's these shoes. I can't play football in these shoes. And he's in a full suit with the first touch. Like boom, there it is. Yeah, I actually remember. I actually remember. I recall that happening too. Actually, think it was it was on the bench that game, and, and I think we all had a bit of a giggle on the bench about it. You know, it was like that was pretty impressive. So <laughs> that's, that's all right, isn't it? Yeah. One of my memories of Glenn Ferguson was when he was with Distillery. <coughs> Obviously, our assistant manager, and we had a supporters versus players match at the end of the season. 
and uh, I came on as a sub within about 30 seconds of being on he cleaned me from behind so what much for respecting the directors <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> so uh, that was my abiding memory of Glenn Ferguson so he's good at getting a message across is that what you're yeah, saying basically yeah <laughs> <laughs> was he what was he like in a, in a from a manager to a player's perspective obviously he, he saw something in you so I'm guessing you had a good relationship yeah um, he'd um, he'd actually give me on on making my debut against them he actually gave me the heads up you know sort of a week in advance sort of to let me get my, he didn't throw it right on me on the day. He gave me a sort of a week's notice. Get my get my thought process around it. You know, build my way up into that week, which I thought was was very good. You know, because you know, turning up on the Saturday, I knew I was playing. I'd done everything right the whole week. I was got myself mentally prepared. That I was playing. You know, making my debut. I was playing Linfield here. You know, and up against. I think it was Michael Carvel was up actually up against. Um, nice easy afternoon for you. Yeah, no, I, he was, <laughs> uh, he was, um, what, what, what a player, quality player, and um, I actually think I was asked at Balmain, no, to do like a, a quiz on whatever who was your toughest player you played against, and uh, at that stage it was I said him. I was like, flip me, this is this is the this is what I'll be up against in a week, no, on a, on a daily basis. This is. I had it was like an eye opener. It was like this is the this is the real deal. This here and in many ways, I'm imagining in your perspective that is the perfect challenge to have because if you can come through Mark and Michael Carville first game in, then you're going to have a chance against most of the right midfielders. Yeah, if things went well that day and it gave me great confidence, um, to push on and and believe in myself, playing against I think that midfield team was was packed full of. Quality, quality players. They, they, as I said, they before they just off the back of winning the league, you know. So they were a winning, a winning team, you know. So it's it doesn't get much difficult that in your first game. Uh, how would you sum up your your time at Balamina? Because um, what was the what was the travelling like? How did you find it? Because I know that pitch sometimes gets a, a bit of stick, doesn't it, for tearing up in the winter? And Balamina is not necessarily right next door. No, and it's it's a very open pitch, and when it's it was a different it's a different country up there. It's it's absolutely <laughs> it's Baltic at times, um, but I'm actually playing with Gary Thompson at the minute, at Crusaders, uh, yeah. David Christie. They also travelled up with them, um, the Balmina. So it was I didn't drive at this stage, you know. So it was always sort of scrounging enough people to try and get me a lift up if my dad couldn't do it you know I was asking them could they, could they do it so uh, right I'm, I'm imagining I'm one of those boys and getting a text is it straight off lads who's picking us up or is it a oh, how are you doing this week mate what's yeah. the cr- is there a wee bit of groundwork first uh, there was at the start <laughs> and it just got to the stages where and when what time you know it's just uh, it was usually sort of Fort William that was the the meeting point and up the road we went yeah, you know the routine of it then well, I mean what was that car journey like a lot of people probably have an idea of what David Cushley is like as a person from watching him on a football pitch is he is he as crazy as some might think he's completely opposite yeah yeah maybe in yeah, maybe in his Balmina day when he was a bit young, younger like he maybe was a wee bit crazy but I think he's um, turned to God now I think he's good living and he's settled right down and He's one of the nicest fellas I've ever met um, through football. 
Oh, that's a really nice thing to, to hear because I think sometimes people see him on a pitch and, I mean, he gives everything, doesn't he? And there's something about crossing that white line. You become a lunatic anyway. But, you know, he, he just has this energy. It's like someone just unleashes a cushly. I don't know if you bring him on or you unleash him. Yeah, you, you, you dare to go near him and train. At times, <laughs> he, he, he's, he, would, he, would leave the, he would leave the food. And he, uh, not in bad intentions, you know, but he, he's, I think that's just his his game. That's, he doesn't know no different. And uh, because you've played with him um, both times, then does he have the most powerful strike in the Irish league? I think that's a, that's an easy yes. That you see some of the outrageous goals he scored, and from the distances he scored from, it's maybe one player could maybe do it once in their career. I think he he's at least one or two. He's in every goal of the season. He yeah. has his own goal of the season sometimes. It's it's, it's a joke. Because from your perspective as a defender, and training, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to come up and you're going to mark him. How, how does he do it? Because I'm watching as a commentator and I'm thinking, sometimes there's almost no back lift on those shots, and yet they, they just take off like a rocket. Yeah, when, when, he, ca- when he catches them flush uh, and he hits them, they, they stay hit. There's, you don't want to be getting in the, in, the, in the way in a night like tonight, a cold, cold <laughs> night, you don't want to be... Catching that on the on the side of the leg or on the side of the face or something, <laughs> stay well clear. <laughs> you mentioned there about your dad taking him down to Ballymena. Obviously, I know he's brought you here today as well. He must be very supportive of what all you're doing. Yes, I've my my dad and my grand who've both they've I've probably counted one hand amount the matches they've missed in the last ten years. Brilliant. You know, so they they're they're very supportive and. Um, Obviously, they were traveling, take me up and down the country when I was younger to different, you know, milk cups or and schoolboys or whatever. You know, they they were taking me, take me there. You know, so um, I was dedicated, and they were dedicated to taking me. You know, and making things a bit easier for me. It's great to have that support there. Uh, be honest, I know it's a bit awkward because we've got your dad sitting in the studio, so <laughs> I th- we we are very grateful for him for being here. But you know. Do you hear the the golder? Does that come in from the stand? Because I know when my dad came to watch me play football, not at any great level, I could. It doesn't matter how many people were there. I could pick out my dad um, from a mile off. Wouldn't he need to turn my head? Yeah, I think if anybody knows me and knows my dad, um, they'll know he's in the ground. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> you'll you'll hear his voice over ninety nine percent of the others, but. But you sort of you, you just do your own thing. You do your own thing in the pitch. You're that. You're that. You're in the zone. Then you know. And there's um, there's times where you hear nice things, and there's times when you hear <laughs> not so nice things. Yeah. And that, and that's and that's from all all fans. That's yeah. what, that's from all different. It's not just him. It's it's probably better hearing things from him because when I, when I go to like Savilla grounds, it's it's not as I say it's not as nice things that are said. And I mean that that is unfortunately one side of the game. Football fans are so passionate, and they can forget that they're actually yelling at real people. Yeah. I I actually I I don't mind it. I actually enjoy it sometimes, and I, when when I do hear something quite funny, I, I acknowledge it and sort of give them a wee of a look or a laugh, and they sort of laugh back too. And it's ninety ninety nine percent of the time that there's no real menace in it. You know, it's all good good hearted banter. That's the problem of being a left back. You're going to go pick the ball up for a throw in, and you're nice and close sometimes. Yeah, it's good doing that solitude at times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, is there a rivalry between those clubs? No, no one. Uh. <laughs> um, the move from Ballymena to Ards. Then, how did that come about? If we fast forward a wee bit, 
Um, Spike, he he was, I think he maybe um, we were on a bad run of form, and, and he was he was sacked. Um, and I was that year. I was in the last year of my contract. And uh, David Jeffries came in. Um, I had a chat with him. Whatever. Um, there, I think there was only maybe a handful of games to the end of the season, so I hadn't had a lot of time to prove myself. Um, and I only I came on I came on a few times and I had done rightly, but I had started a game away to warm point, and I had an, I had a I had a shocker and I was sent off, and I think that was that was basically the 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 end of the road there. Um, so, but it was. I enjoyed my time there and was very thankful for the opportunities that it was given. And um Ards they they, they came in and they offered me um to stay in the most important thing was me was to continue to play um football at the highest level I could and they had just got promoted up um to the premiership so I was I was happy enough to, to stay there and they were they assured me that it was gonna be a play and whatever. Although that's still up to me, you know, I still have to do everything right, uh, but they, I liked what I heard, and so I went with it, and I done pretty well there. Yeah, you, you certainly did. I mean, and and that you know, in terms of how the the chapter closed at Balamina is a reminder of sometimes the 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 brutal or the fickle nature of football, isn't it? You know, you, things can be going so well, and and uh, thing a manager changes, you go through a rough patch, and all of a sudden you're you're having to look for a new club. I think that's just part and parcel of football. Yeah, it changes so quick. You know, if you go over five five defeats in a row and you're you're under serious pressure, and you're you know, there's maybe that chance of a change of manager. You know, think football's just it changes so fast. You just sort of learn to deal with it and take it in your stride. And so then uh, you're at odds. Uh completely different playing surface now you're on a synthetic pitch as opposed to grass what was that transition like I know some footballers can't stand it it wreaks havoc on their knees other people prefer it no I, I, I like it um, I've sort of come through that, that age group where um, the 3 and 4G pitches were sort of used more often and I've always sort of um, been playing on them so I, I actually like it I, I think it's it's better for um for playing football on because the, the, the standard of pitches over here at times especially this time of year aren't the greatest so you know I, I, I enjoy I enjoy it and you're not picking all those wee black pellets out of your shoes and the rest of your house for the next week no? yeah some, some <laughs> I don't mean to mention the game but the solitude's pretty bad for that yeah um, I think I think Cliftonville fans would hold their hands up and say yeah. that they need uh, a new pitch probably at some stage yeah I think it's 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 near that it's near that time, um, but no, I don't mind. I actually find if I play sort of three or four, if we have three or four home games, uh, and we're playing on our pitch, and we go to play on a grass pitch, and it's the same for some of the other boys in the team too. They feel as if they've, um, they feel a lot more stiff, more sore the next day. It's I think it's just because their bodies are getting used to, f- um, training on the and playing on the three G and four G pitches. At Ards, you certainly got a lot of game time. Um, you were a, a regular fixture in the team. Looking back in your time, um, what would you say are some of your favourite moments? Um, I'd say when we uh, finished, we were we were going f- when the when the league changed into the you know, the split, and we had a chance of getting seventh to get into the, the European um, place. 
it was our, it was our fir- it was our first year and sorry it was the first or second year I'm not too sure but we found ourselves safe we were safe pretty early on and we gave ourselves a, a good chance of 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 trying to get that position for a club of ours who just came in the league you know that's that's your main aim is just to stay up yeah. but we we sort of like overachieved if if you like um but you know just just of getting high up the table you know that, that gave us something to aim for that seventh place was massive for a club like ours you know and um i was sort of putting on i was put on penalty duties you know so i was able to get a, a few goals there too which which it's always nice to get on the, on the score sheet. And was that something when it came to penalty takers? What is it with left backs across football? Always like a wee penalty for some reason or a free kick. I mean, were you always someone that put their hand up when it came round to that, or were you? Did someone twist your arm the first time? No, I've um, I've always any any time I've got the chance, I've always had a penalty of a, of a good record of hitting penalties. Um, we had, first it was actually my first game, first home game I played Clevenville. Um, we got a penalty, and there was a bit of a scuffle bit of a scuffle for and to get the ball and I just I, I took the ball off it was Craig McMillan at the time he, he, just gave me that ball set it down and I put it in the top corner and he just uh, he just put his hands on it fair enough at you on them <laughs> and I sort of uh, I think I had 12 or 13 in the one in the one year something like that uh, I've been reliably informed 34 scored and unmissed some some Something like that. Not, I'm not counting like maybe somebody else is, but <laughs> but that's that's not a bad record. I mean, you maybe don't want to give your your trick away, but I'm guessing you don't just have one penalty if you're not missing. No, I I've I've I'm, I can go either way or down the middle. I can vary it up, you know. Um, which, do you do you pick do you pick first or do you watch the keeper and then pick? No, before the game, I would pick. And yeah. I, I wouldn't cha- I wouldn't change my mind. I would just s- stay with it. I wouldn't if it was a penalty shootout. Um, I still wouldn't change my mind, even if I've seen the keeper go left four times. If I'm going there, that's where I'm going, and I feel confidence that I'll put it away. Well, I sincerely hope I haven't jinxed that by even bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I see you step up and a keeper make a wonderful save, I'm going to quickly get out of the ground yeah. <laughs> before somebody finds me from uh, the Ruddy family. Um, that that is some going. Um, do you get nervous? Do you still get the butterflies in your stomach stepping up to take a, a penalty? Because some people, I mean, we've seen uh, in all levels of football, prolific strikers, routine goal scorers, buckle under the pressure of a spot kick. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't feel the pressure at all. I just go and hit it. You know, it's if if you miss, you miss. You know, it's not the it's not the end of it's not the end of the world. You know, so it's I think it's more more pressure on them because they're more expected to score. There, yeah, that's what they're that's what they're paid to do. They're they're paid to put the ball in the back of the net. So it's maybe they feel the pressure that extra bit more. I don't know. You probably have to ask the striker that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just wondering. Then, have you since had that conversation with Stephen Baxter? Because uh, there's a fair queue of people to hit penalties at Crusaders. Yeah, there's 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 quite a few. I've only got to hit one, and that was in a a recent penalty shootout at Balmina, which I scored. A couple of other boys missed that night. We're not mentioning their names, but <laughs> uh, yeah, and there was I think there was only me and. David Christie scored that night. He's he's had a good record since I've been there, so I can't really can't really complain. He he he's doing well. 
Uh, is it something that is done? You know, like particularly cup games before that Balamina match, are you practicing penalties in training or is that something that's sort of seen as superstitious? No, so no, we if there was a cup game coming up uh, or there was a, you know, we would practice, you know, maybe we'd all get two goals each and, you know, give give the two goalkeepers a hard time. So <laughs> um no, we we we, we would practice. Um, the move to Crusaders I mean you look uh, at the time and you got to go with another guy that you'd spent time with at Ards obviously he was on loan at the club and, and Ross Clark yeah. um, and, and you make that move seemingly together um, were, were you talking to each other as this was coming up or, or what was it like? No um, I, I had sort of made my mind up pretty early on um, in the season before that I was I was going to Crusaders I think his was slightly different because he was on loan from Linfield I think yeah. he still had to go back there and sort of sort things out that way you know so no it, w- it was a bit different okay and I mean and you say there was a an element of it was a, a point to prove when when you step into Crusaders obviously um, hugely successful in recent years how much of a step up and this is no disrespect to Ards but how much of a step up does it feel like when you're training with the players you're training with and you've Stephen Baxter who's such an established manager yeah it's without sound disrespectful it is a massive step up and you look around the players in the change room players that have have been there done it and won it all and you know you're like I'd be happy to be careful what I say because I don't I don't <laughs> want to bum them up too much because I'll get dogs abuse here and, and, and WhatsApp or whatever but you know players like Paul Heatley Colin Coates Sean O'Neill you know they have they have boys that have joined Owens they, they have they have they have won it and done it seen it all so um, you know Took me a while just get the feet on the ground and you know and then you settled in rightly and you sort of just you you become part of it. Is it fair to say that you're a confidence player? Um, I think every I think every I think every every footballer is. You know, there's there's players that can that can get through it when they're not as confident. You know, but every footballer thrives when they're, when they're confident. That's when when they're at the best. And so how does Stephen Baxter motivate a team? Because um, he loved me for saying this. I've heard some of his hairdryer treatment, right? So he's he's not backwards and coming forwards when he needs to. But he must be more than just a, a shouter because he gets the results. No, he, he's far more than a shouter. He, he would usually have um, sort of a, a story to tell sort of before he gets to his point. You know, so I could go on for a few minutes. You're going, where's he going with this here? And then... All of a sudden, it makes a better sense, you know. So he he knows what he's doing. So this is uh, this is the he's telling the story, and you're sitting nudging each other, going right. I bet he says this, but yeah. it's coming uh, next. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, most of the times it's usually about him, him and his golf. He, he thinks he's a golfer. <laughs> I have no clue. I, I'm I'm not a golfer at all, but apparently he's pretty pretty decent at it. Yeah, I've I've recently heard him talking about his good golf game as well. Maybe anybody that's been out on a course with him can let us know what he's playing off and we'll we'll see what the standards like. I, I have to admit I'm hopeless at it, Colin. He was okay. Anytime I've seen him he's been okay but at uh, our golf days and so forth he has played a couple of those. Not in the last few years it has to be said he's withdrawn so Maybe he's just too good for us. Are you a golfer? Me? Yes. Are you a caddy? <laughs> <laughs> I could go around a golf course 18 holes and about 120 maybe. Okay. <laughs> so I could go around a golf course and not hit a ball. <laughs> I learned a long time ago in terms of golf. If you hit the ball forward, that's progress. Whether it's one foot or 100 feet, it's progress. Somebody once offered me free golf lessons. Right. And uh, the problem was I said, now you just have to do it during your working day. And you wouldn't believe it, but work weren't very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it doesn't really constitute as work if you're getting free golf lessons during your office hours. So uh, that never happened, sadly. Oh, well. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll never know. Also, being a lefty, I just think that when everybody's learning things, I just feel very left out. Uh, well, obviously, you have to get special clubs and things like that, don't you? I know. Well, That's so. actually what happened. Yeah, right. All my mates are teenager, right enough. All my mates are teenager went to a golf course in, in Carrick to play, and... Uh, they all brought the clubs and I was standing on the green at school let's hit some balls whatever you're meant to do on a golf course mm-hmm. nobody had a left handed club and I just went home <laughs> that's, just, that's the beginning and the end of my golf career isn't that brutal like other people would go back or maybe buy their own clubs well, that was me I sacked it off then I went nah sports awful and uh, I don't know did other things but um, you, mentioned, you mentioned there about playing with the calibre players that you're playing with at Crusaders Gavin White must have been a special talent he, he actually just left as I joined right but playing against him yeah, yeah, he was alright, wasn't he? <laughs> he did yeah. okay. I know it's, uh, there was a goal uh, that he scored. That the camera didn't quite catch the skill before. It, I remember at Seaview where he like takes the ball out of the air, plays it through someone's legs, and then runs. You know, I think the, the footage picks up where he runs past a couple of people and scores. And you're thinking, if they saw the bit that he did before, it's actually better than everything he did after it. Uh, smashing. Yeah, I think it was like a, a Cruyff turn through. Um, somebody's legs. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know the one you're talking. It wasn't about. you, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That'd be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? Just as a, <laughs> oh, that was you. No, um, I mean some player, but you, you've already talked about the caliber that that are Crusaders and Paul Heatley. It just seems that season after season, he continues to perform. I mean. He's I know I know Crusaders players going, he's a yabby wee so and so. I know Paul very well, right? So let's let's not pretend we don't. Paul Paul gets his opinion across. He's not an angel, but he's an amazing talent as well. Yeah, it's the wee man syndrome, I think, you <laughs> know. He's he's uh, he's always something to say, but yeah, he's 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 a ridiculous player. He's he's quality hangs out of him. I before I had signed, I didn't know why he was left foot or right foot. But that's a compliment yeah, that's, in itself, yeah. You know, I, he was. You could go either way, and he, he can hit the ball with his left or right foot, and he's, he's always scoring wonder goals too. You know, so. I mean, does that make him a, a good player and an annoying player for you as a left back? Because he's not going to get back and, and track back and help you. But at the same time, your passes forward. You know, you're probably going to get a few assists just by getting it to Paul Heatley. It's 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 not it's not even the ball to Paul. It's the ball to Jordan Owens, and then it's the Heatley. You just you know he he's to, he he makes his runs off him, and he's that quick. You just it's just sometimes you can't do a lot about it. No, sir. As defenders have proven, Colin. Exactly. You mentioned there Jordan Owens. Uh, with obviously Marshall's brought out the stats of the goal scorers of the decades in the league. Jordan Owens is leading the way, which I was surprised at to be honest. I have to say, but so he obviously we get this reputation of just being a big target man. He's a lot more than that. No, he he's actually a very good a good touch as well, um, and uh, he, yes, he is lethal in the air. And when when you put the ball in the right areas, it, nine times out of ten he's going to bury it. But I have since I've been in club, I've seen him score some wonder goals from outside the box. You know, quality strikes. So he's just more than a, a target man, if you like. He, he has he has a bit about him. Uh, and we've said it on the programme before, but he's a criminally underrated forward, isn't he? It, it is just a... For whatever reason, people look at him and go, big fella, target man, that's it. But you can't be the league's top goal scorer in the last decade without being very good at finishing. And uh, he doesn't just score when they're winning. He scores important goals too, which is the hallmark of a great forward. Yeah, like it's, I think it was the, the Irish Cup game there. Straight straight away, we we got an early goal, and it was Jordan Owens. 
you know. So all 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 the big games, he, he's he's there and he's he's making his presence felt. He he loves the big occasion. I mean, and talking about the big occasion, uh, obviously you had the the kind of entree before the main course. You got to be involved in the County Antrim Shield final, which was a basket case match in itself. Uh, I love asking players about this because just being there in the stand and watching the goalkeepers try a kick out was quite fun. But what was it like for you? It was we we were against the win in the first half. Um we were actually doing okay against the wins, um considering I think um we go one nil down and uh, David Christie he let one of them we shots away that he has <laughs> and um but then there was like five minutes of madness where, you know, we just couldn't get out and they scored two quick goals. Mm-hmm. Um but I actually got got hurt in the first half and I, w- I was struggling. Um, but half time I came up, I I came off, but we had to win the second half. I think we got a goal pretty early on, and it was just we just bombarded them field. Um, that whole half they couldn't get out, and I think it was just only a matter of time before, you know, we got we got the equalising and then the the winning goal. So and that, what was that experience like for you? That was that your first senior silverware? Yeah, it was my first first ma- first major trophy. It was probably it's probably it is the lesser of the the four that's up for grabs you know but start at the bottom working way up you know it's, um, but yeah that was my first first major trophy so I was happy I was happy days you know that's that's one ticked off and then I was thankfully I was able to get another one with the Irish Cup which was a massive one you know so. oh I mean it is huge the the, the County Underham Shield final you know even that, that sort of dramatic story and the ridiculous conditions both teams trying their level best to, to beat the wind let alone beat the opponent and then for Cushley to pop up and deep into stoppage time with that winner everyone went nuts you were you weren't feeling the best obviously you'd come off did you did you manage to regain full strength for the goal I was limping about like <laughs> nobody's business but it, it was, that game probably wouldn't have went ahead if it wasn't for to be a final yeah. I think that any other if it was a normal league game that would have been that would have been called off but I think because it was a final um, you know they went ahead with it like but it was it was crazy it was it was comical to when I was in the in the stand, the second half watch, it was you were laughing at times because boys just couldn't kick the keeper. He I don't he couldn't get twenty yards inside his box. No, I mean there there was that you know moment where Connor Mitchell, God help him, uh, kicks the ball out and it goes over his head for a corner. Yeah, and you're thinking you know when the keeper's clear in the lines and it goes out for a corner kick, you know it's uh, the elements are against him. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's a nightmare. You can, there's not there's not a lot you can actually do about no. it. You know, you just sort of have to try and get through it. Like, but thankfully we got through it better than they did, and and we went on to win it. And there you go. And there's your first medal. So you've got that that little taste of a winning habit now. You you've got one, and as you say, there's other bigger uh, fish to fry and other other trophies to go collect. And being in an Irish Cup final um, in your first season, I mean that is. That people go on an entire career not getting near a cup final, let alone winning a cup final. I know uh, Balamino were involved in the cup final when you were there, but you didn't play that match. Uh, so, not just for your team to get there, but for y- you to be able to start, that must have been brilliant. Yeah, Balamino, they, they were in a few finals, and I was actually injured for 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 them all. And I just I thought like this. Sometimes it's just not meant to be, or whatever you know. But um, no, it was great to. Obviously, I started the County Antrim Shield final, and and I ended up playing starting the Irish Cup final. You know, and we win both of them, so can't really, that's can't really complain about that. You know, you see when you 
are in the semi-final I'm wondering about you personally here rather than as a team because obviously Crusaders Football Club will say we're going to win and that we're a big team and that's what we're about because you'd had that experience of missing other finals and probably thought that like the world was against you how you know was there any part of your brain going right what's going to happen to me this time like some sort of sitcom or were you convinced this time you were going to get to the final no I was I was convinced because we it's it'd been like I think it was 10 years it's been 10 years or something since creators ha- had won it and we had like basically four cup finals to win before we even got to the final because we played Glen Torn like that was, that's a final itself mm-hmm. um Linfield Balmina Korean you know you played any teams they they're all finals they're all massive teams you know so when we got through the first couple you know you start to sort of you sort of start to believe you know this is gonna we're gonna do it this time you know and then as 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 it went on we played at the oval in the semi-final against Korean and it was it was a terrible it was a terrible match it was, it was an hour it was a game that wasn't great conditions either and the pitch was the pitch was horrendous um I think it was just real dead hard and bumpy and it wasn't wasn't good to play football on, but we sort of pl- we sort of played the pitch better than than Korean did, and we got got the two penalties, and and there were I think Kush scored the first, and I think Jordan Owens because he I think he maybe got the second, and there we go, we're in, we're into a final, you know. It's again the Korean fans don't like talking about. There was a referee in performance there that uh, people still debate to this day. Yeah, I think it was a tackle by Sean Ward oh, right on the edge. It was, it was, it was, it was close. I was pretty close to when it happened, and I honestly think it was just outside. Um, but a lot of Korean and Korean players they they'll say different. You know, it was those fine margins that on that cut run everything was just was going our way, which. Sort of makes you believe, you know, that wee bit more. And then to be in an Irish Cup final, because everybody talks about how special they are. I mean, first of all, for you, but for your family, it must be a really proud moment to be involved in the showpiece in Irish League football, to to be in the, the grand final, the one that's on the TV and everybody talks about and everyone dreams of playing in. Yeah, it was brilliant. The only thing the only thing I didn't like, they, they were, I'd always dreamed of, of walking out with my daughter. Um, in the final, but I think they they stopped that just recently. And I was a bit that was my only disappointment about it. But no, the whole the whole build up to it, you know, getting suited and booted, and you know, getting getting all the family tickets for the game, and just the whole the whole build up of it was 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 uh, was brilliant. You know, I mean, does anything in football before that prepare you for that moment? Because I I understand it can be quite overwhelming. No, it was actually Jeff Spears said. I mean, in the change room, he um he played in his first um Irish Cup final, and you know whatever he was brilliant that year. He went and played that final, and he says he had an absolute nightmare. The occasion sort of got him a bit. He was just saying, you know, try and stay calm and whatever, etc. Just keep your head and play your play your way into it. You know, um probably wasn't my my best game that I've played. You know, but um. We'll win. I don't care. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> that medal isn't going anywhere. Yeah, that, that's it. I was all about. I was all about winning that day. Um, so uh, I played played a played a part. We'll win. So happy days. And you'll be hoping to pick up a few more of those. I'm sure on, along the way. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully a, a league a league a league title would be. That's that's next in general. It's very difficult because you know how how good the league is. You know it's 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 going to be very difficult. But here's hoping. 
you mentioned there, Michael, during the run to the Irish Cup final, about every game seemed like a cup final. The league must seem very like at the moment because everybody is up there chasing. Yeah, it's 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 very tight. You know, there there is there there is six top quality teams that all on their day beat each other, um, but. It, it it is it is very difficult to go and put that consistent run of you know seventy eight nine wins in a row now you know because you're the, the teams that you're playing are like they're nearly at your your level you know mm-hmm. and it's it's just very difficult but we'll, we'll try our best and we'll, we'll see where it takes us. I know because I have a degree of sympathy. I have to say this year in particular for the managers because you might be talking to somebody who's drawn two games and they're they're still level on points or a point or two behind first, and you're going, well, "This is well, dropping points in the title race," and probably see them outside of Christmas and they're going, "We're five clear." What are you talking about? I mean, it is that sort of ridiculous season where you can't just look at one game in isolation. No, no, you can't. It's not. It's just. The way it is, you you just you just can't do it. There's that many good teams, that many good players, and nobody's really put that run together to, you know, say they're starting to get away now. You know, it's been all nip and tuck so far. But coming into that busy period now, over the Christmas period, you know, it's 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 key if 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 you're still there, thereabouts after that, you know, you know you're gonna be, you're gonna have a fair chance. Is there at Crusaders that sense of we're Crusaders and nobody likes us? Do you guys do you guys buy into that mentality or how do you feel? It's, me personally, no. I just go about doing my own thing. You know, I don't try not to get drawn into things like that. You know, but so it's not in the team talks. I'm not saying that's my opinion before someone yeah. right to your points of view. That's you know, but sometimes managers will will make that sort of point to, to, to bring a squad together and to push on. That's not what you guys do. There is sometimes it, it comes in there, but not not very often. It's a fascinating title race. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And um, when you talk about uh, the quality of players in the league, there's there's no doubt about that either. Over the last few years, it doesn't need to necessarily be this season. Who would you say are, are some of the uh, Michael Carvel's one we've already mentioned? Some of the toughest players you've come up against. Some of the ones that you've enjoyed a battle with. Well, one would be Gavin White, and look what he's went on. We he's went on to do now. Um, I had pretty some good battles with him, like. But um, there, there's Kirk Miller's another one at Linford. He, he uh, enjoy battles, you know, um, with Macaulay when he was a Korean. He he would he would swap wings along with Josh Carson. You know, they're they're all good, good strong quality players. Um, but it's. It's hard. It would be hard to pick one to say that he was the probably. You probably have to go with Gavin. You know, because yeah. he's just he had that ability, but he's that pure raw pace, which it's hard to deal with at times. Makes you feel a bit better when you see him rinsing international fullbacks, though, doesn't it? Well, that's it. You know, it's, <laughs> I marked him out of the game every time, so you know. <laughs> no. uh, some player. Um, when you look at this. Uh, Run in for uh, Crusaders over the next few weeks. I mean, it, we know it isn't going to be easy, but let's look at the the, the game that's right under our noses. Uh, away to Linfield, uh, first of all, this weekend, um, massive match. Massive, massive match. Um, it'd be good there to go and, uh, and and get a win and sort of bring them closer to ourselves again and and sort of not let them, you know, get a wee bit of a gap over us, but. If they're a quality team and at home they're very very difficult to beat, you know. So it's it's 
it's I think it'll be a very close game and it'll be a tough battle. It's obviously I know it's a long way still to go in the season, but it is a very key game. And if the Blues were to get the result, you know, all of a sudden there's five points, two games in hand. They win those two, there's an eleven point gap, and that could be hard to pull back. It's, that, that, that's a possibility, you know, but um, we, we'll go there on Saturday with full belief that we can we, we can get the win, and and that'll take us into into the Boxing Day fixtures where. You know, the potentially they could drop points again, and we could yeah. maybe beat Cleveland. And you know, it's all ifs, ifs and buts. All ifs yeah. and buts. You know, we don't want to sort of too far ahead. We'll just take it as it comes. I mean, that sort of congested fixture period as well. We were looking at, uh, oh yes, just after an away game against Linfield, a nice easy home game against Cliftonville. Uh, you know, that is what why fans love the Christmas period. Do, do players love it? I mean, this is a time of year when everyone else is on the beers they're on the chocolates they're eating so much turkey and meanwhile you're getting lumps kicked out of you by your arch rivals and loads of games in, in a very short space of time yeah that's when I sometimes get in the debate with people and say oh I could have played Irish League and I could have done that it's when this when it comes to this time of year where they're out drinking and partying all the time and we have to sit Christmas Eve and, you know we're training Christmas Eve Christmas Day there's there's no drink you know there's you have to have that bit of discipline about you um, but not a, not reach for the extra roast potato. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 that's it. Um, but uh, no, I I I enjoy the Boxing Day fixtures. Um, I played my first North Belfast derby in Boxing Day last year, and up, up at Solitude, and it was brilliant. I loved it, and I think we won. I think we win the game three or four, maybe can't remember. But we off we got off there really fast start. I think we we're three 0 up within twenty minutes or something like that. But I uh, know, looking forward to it, and hopefully, I can get another win. As a player, do you think it is too many games over the Christmas period? I know all the managers are unhappy, but generally, but yeah, I think we play three times in six days or yeah. something. I think something like that. I think that's and we we have a squad to cope with that, you know, um, which is maybe that can come into our um, advantage. Maybe mm. we're certain other teams, um, but yeah, it, it is very difficult, um, but. That's the way it is, and we just we'll get on with. Yeah, like everybody, those those games are there for the moment, so you, you have to play them. Um, and I mean, as we say, it's such a, an incredible race. The last couple of weeks, you've been on well. I think that's right. You've been out of the team. Yeah, I, I got in the team. I got in the team on the Sky game against Lauren, and then I played against Carrick, and then I got on well. I was sick and sort of lost my place. And um, Charlie, he's come in. He's done really well. So um, you can't. You just have to take your medicine, sit there, and and. When your chance comes along again, you just have to take it, you know. So that, that's the way it is. I mean, and like you say, with that squad, it's such a, a rich squad. I imagine it's not just uh, in left back where there's plenty of competition at the moment. No, there's all all over the pits. There's there's maybe three or four players for every possession, you know. And it's not just any players. They're 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 players that could go and start in any other team in the Irish league, you know. They're they're top quality players, so. There is times where you you're just gonna have to you know sit back and just wait for your chance and hopefully you can take it when you get it. I mean the big thing everyone talks about with Crusaders is this three quarter pro model um, that somebody coined and now we can't stop saying for whatever reason. Um, I know that you work outside of that. What's it like for you to try and fit in? Some people are training all the time. You're training when you can outside of work. Does it make it hard? 
it, it can it can do at times. Um, it's maybe more difficult, you know, if if, if you're getting pressured from your work or whatever, because you know you're maybe busy or you know, and you're looking to get out to go training, and it can be a wee, a wee bit difficult, you know. But I've sort of you're sort of getting into a routine now, and it's sort of like come second nature, you know, sort of used to it now. So, um, it is what it is. It is what it is. I suppose you can't make it any easier. Um, and, and trying to juggle that balance, I mean, that is the the main thing. It's not necessarily all these matches in such a short space of time. It's all these matches plus having to do other things such as work. Yeah, I think at the start last year when we first sort of went to the sort of th- three-quarter full-time, if you like, or whatever, and we didn't get off the good start, we were getting a lot of stick for it, you know, but... It takes time for all, for all that to bed in and and for to see a see a difference. You know, I see a lot of boys now where there's a lot of gym working on. You know, a lot of boys are feeling physically fitter and, and stronger, which is uh, has showed, especially in the early parts of the season, and especially when we our European games early on, we we've done really well. What, I mean, that's another experience we haven't got to to touch on yet. Um, what is that like, European adventures? Yeah, I was since I came to Crusaders. That was my f- last year. I didn't play. I was in the squads and stuff, but I didn't play a part in 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 Europe. But I was obviously with the team traveling and whatever, and it was it was a great experience. And some going to teams like Ludogratz and stuff. You know, who at that stage were they didn't. They think they played like Real Real Madrid and Liverpool not that long ago. You know. Yeah, yeah, and in the Europa League this season as well. Yeah, I think they just drew Inter Milan. You know, so. You, one of the teams they got there, and it's it's a great experience. Uh, I'd say so. I mean, you signed at the right time, didn't you? That's a wee a wee jolly away there, straight into the team, and oh, we're going, we're going where? Oh, sorry, we're we're <coughs> sorry, we're playing a competitive game. We're not on holidays. Yeah, that, that that's it. So. <laughs> that's uh, incredible. This time around, though, you were involved. Yeah, um, we played a team from the Faroe Islands there, um, and we we done very well against them in both legs. And that got us through to the tie against Wolves, um, which was good and bad for me because um, the gaffer he he left he left me out, um, and as much as I didn't agree with his reasons, so you have to just respect it. And um, the team done very well, you know. So uh, that's but it was good to go over there and 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 train train on their pitch, you know, just be around that whole Premiership. What it's like to be sort of like a Premiership footballer for a day, you know. It was. I mean, that must be sort of the stuff you think of as a wee boy, you know, when then you're walking out into Molyneux and you're thinking, "Wow, just look around." Yeah, I think when it really had, when we actually walked the teams walked out and they sort of done their Wolverhampton thing, where they had the sort of the flames at the background and all the that was like hers and the next stood up there, and that was like, whoa. Much as I loved to be out in the pitch, but I was like sort of just soaking it in at, at the side. I was like, "This is, this is what it's all about." It was also like the most ridiculously warm day ever, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was shockingly warm. It was. I think that it was one stage they were contemplating a uh, water break, but I think the temperature like went down by that a couple of degrees, which um, I put an end to that. Which, as us part timers, really, we we could have done with that, you know, but. The boys done really well and to keep it one 0 until very late on and then they get their second was um a bit of a sucker punch like but in reality I was yeah for me before that before the game you had a, 
dumb backflips. <laughs> because I mean, everybody before the game is sort of, particularly people that weren't Crusaders fans, going, "Oh, we're six or seven here, we see." And I mean, to come away going two nil and be disappointed, that's it's just pinch yourself stuff. Yeah, I think boys were saying six or seven, and that was being kind. I think some people were saying you're going to be ten nil <laughs> or whatever, and that was the fear because they have the ability just to go and do that. There's top quality international players. Um, and they were one of the best teams in the Premier League and they're proving that even at the minute now um, but the boys done unbelievably well and as I say 1-0 going in later on we were like this is, this couldn't be going any better just the score later on the second which felt a wee bit down for about 5 minutes and then we were like reala- realisation kicked in and goes listen we just could be 2-0 by a Premier League team we'll take that no definitely I mean that that must be the stuff particularly when you have a, a job and you're balancing that with football when you're going into work it must be a nice wee thing to throw in you know what I mean like people what are they what's, what are they doing at the weekend yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean you're walking into work and going yeah I was just chatting to Royal Jimenez there yeah. he's an, he's an alright fella you know yeah him and Big Wardy they get on well I think they have the same agent um, so they have uh, he was <laughs> He was actually pretending to talk to him as if he knew what he was saying throughout the whole game. And boys were just laughing at him, but that's Sean Wood for you. And that's the thing as well, because he, he gives you that... He, you would think at a distance Sean Ward is a sensible, mature adult, and yet he is a messer. He couldn't be any further from the truth there. Like He's he's, he's, a, he's a character, to be fair, but he, he's one of the guys that's great to have about the change room. You know, he's always for the life and always trying to crack jokes and whatever and he, he's it's good to have that somebody about to change him and we should say congratulations to him as well because I know his uh, his wife's just had a wee baby so a big congratulations to Sean uh, finally someone that will help you grow up <laughs> here's hoping <laughs> um, of those teammates then uh, let's get to know them a little better who's who's the real characters in that dressing room well, you you just mentioned his name there, Sean Moore. He he's definitely one, and I'd say the other one would be no surprise, Sean O'Neill. They're, they're two sensible guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sean is a, a massive fan favourite, and he's also a panto villain, as I'm sure Boxing Day might remind us if anyone's forgotten. Uh, but what's he like as a teammate? By the way, he 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 loves that. He thri- he thrives off that. Um, but as a teammate, first class, yeah. Um, really really good guy and you know when you need it to be told you need to boot up the arse he'll tell you you know he'll, but you know he he's a good guy and because th- that's the thing he's a he seems to be very straight talking we've had him on we've had him in this studio before and uh, he, he he's almost like having an extra coach I think maybe maybe that's just because he's a uh, going up in years now I don't know but there's a there is a sensible side to him as much as people argue with me every time I, as I try and convince them that there is oh there, def- there definitely is there, there, there's a sensible and professional side to him um, he's he's always he's, he's hard working on the training pitch and, and you know he's even, bef- even um, before the games he's always you know teeing the boys up and a wee bit of advice here and there and you know he's he's great to have about the place as well so right I'm trying to now picture what your Christmas looks like what uh, do you have the most boring Christmas day out of all your mates do you get to do anything at all that's fun for yourself <sighs> spend time with the kids that's uh, that's that's about the most well, that's, that's fun part and I can't really you can't I wouldn't really that. wish for anything else to be honest with you um, 
but Christmas is that's family time, so I'll spend I think Christmas I think Christmas is in our house this year. Um so I think all the family will be down and they'll have a few drinks and I'll be the driver for the night <laughs> drive, you know, so So when all that's going on, are you any use at all in the kitchen or are you just going I'll play on the floor with the wee ones, you you just be it on ahead there? No, the the chef's behind me there. <laughs> he, he, he he does all the cooking and I just act busy. Well, you're well, you're well fed. See, he's like a Premier League footballer at home as well. He's someone doing the meals. Yes. <laughs> Personal chef. Not bad at all. Uh, Michael, it's been brilliant having you on the show. Thanks so much for coming in. No problem. It was a pleasure. Um, such a busy Christmas period for everybody, so I appreciate you making the time. And uh, hopefully you're back in that uh, team sheet for some of those crucial games. Uh, I think he's got a decent wee win rate going. Um out of the, the, the nine league games you've played, I, I spotted only one defeat in there, and that was on the road to Korean. So, suggest you're doing something right when you're when you're choosing. Thanks, Fat. <laughs> send that to Steve Baxter, will you? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Score NI podcast with me, Michael Clark. We're back live with the whole show on Lisburn's 98 FM and Bangor FM on Friday from 1 pm. Or you can subscribe to our podcast today to listen back to the first hour each week at your convenience. And in the meantime, keep in touch via our Facebook and Twitter feeds. We hope you can join us for the next episode.